And we're back. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Matty G. As always, with Colby Patnode here to break down the one-month anniversary of the 2022 NFL season in the Hawks' nest. Colby, what's happening? Not much, man. It's been another busy week uh, in the fantasy uh, headspace, I guess we'll say. But uh, obviously, my uh, my interests have been elsewhere recently. So uh, it's nice to you know kind of circle back, talk some some football because it's been uh, it's been baseball heavy uh, for the last week or so. And so I'm uh, looking forward to talking smack about some of these trades and some of your moronic football takes. It'll be a good time. <laughs> another week. Another week. <laughs> we, we, we will not disappoint you guys. Uh, looking at the standings, um, unfortunately, your undefeated run did come to an end. And at, and as of now, all eyes are on Willie Tinder. Willie Tinder is the last remaining undefeated. He is 8-0. And, oh, and this, se- this week, he is going up against Big B. Um, five and three, big B. So that will be a matchup this week to keep eyes on. Um, and we have good news, I suppose, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, there are no defeated teams, uh, remaining as TJ pulls off some dubs here. He's now two and six. He's actually not even in last place anymore. Current last place is Brennan. At one and seven, Cole, uh, uh, TJ's two and six. Um, I believe uh, old Scotty is also uh, one and seven. Sure. The difference is uh, the points here. Brennan's got three fifty two, uh, and Scott's got four oh six. So it's you know, pretty sizable. And, and I don't, even, I don't even have to to look at it to tell you the reason that Brennan's at three fifty two, or or at least one of them for sure. You know, he started off with with Joe Burrow, ice cold, makes a deal for Stafford, ice cold. You know, just bad luck yep. there on the QB front for uh, for Brendan in the early stages of the season. Um, do you have anything that you want to say about about your matchup this past week before we you're still leading the league in points for um, do you have anything you want to say about your your matchup this past week before we go ahead and proceed with these these seven trades that these maniacs uh, made this week? Uh, no, you know it's it's just one of those things you you can't rely on Craig Reynolds to save you uh, in the flex when you know two of your you know your four uh, starting wide receivers are out and uh, you know just. <laughs> You're kind of waiting for Brian Robinson to come back and hoping he's good. You're hoping, uh, you know, that Brian Robinson, who, by the way, is already practicing after being shot in the leg twice. Um, you know, hopefully he'll come back and, and, you know, I guess if I had a crystal ball, I could have foreseen and started like Algier and again, Algier uh, with Patterson going out. But now, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things. I think we had talked about this that I felt like my team was, um, uh, running on borrowed time a little bit just because the injuries were starting to stack up. And, you know, on top of that, my quarterbacks, I think combined for 10 points. So yeah, just, you know, recipe for disaster. And uh, the only reason I put up a respectable amount of points this week was because of TJ Hawkinson. So uh, no, it uh, wasn't, wasn't too surprised uh, that I took the L Uh, also wasn't too concerned because 
you know, go Mariners. So uh, not, nothing too surprising about that outcome. Fair enough. And, and as we all know, the matchup this last week was against Willie Tinder. And it will be interesting to see how long he can keep this remarkable undefeated stretch going. Um, you got to think that it'll, it will end at some point, um, but time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and let's dive right into these seven trades. We're going to start off here with what I believe is probably going to be the most fun to talk about, uh, you know, of the bunch. We, it's already kind of been discussed on, on the league chat pretty well at length here. Um, actually, now that I think of it, Max gave us a lot to talk about this week, didn't he? Um, and so we got we got a lot to say. Him and, we got him a lot to say. Yeah, we got a lot to say about Max. But so Max went ahead um, just as we're as we're recording this past week. He goes ahead and he pulls a trigger on this deal here. Um, where wait, did we discuss last week? We discussed the the Jamar. Yeah, we did. Okay, so so Max yeah. is straight here. He acquires Kirk Cousins, Elijah Moore, and Jahan Dotson in exchange for Russell Wilson and Rashad Bateman. Um, and I can't tell you that I have talked to Max about this. I can only presume, if I remember correctly from what he said on the podcast. I think he did talk on the chat. Um, he, he was really interested in... For God knows what reason, um, the the Zach Wilson Elijah Moore stack, um, and look, look, process is everything. And my thought is is you traded for Russell Wilson, which I thought was a great decision because he really needed a QB. You rode with him for a week. And, and, and then that's enough. And, and, and what Kirk cousins, I like Kirk cousins, but so to move on from Wilson and Bateman, all it took was cousins, Elijah Moore and Jahan dots. Just not a look, just not a move. I would have made. I I don't like it. Um, I know that Elijah Moore is seeing consistent targets uh, I know Dotson scored a few times this year, um, but I'm not overly at this stage of the game. I'm not for me personally, not too interested in Dotson here. Um, so I just view it as a, as a downgrade at the quarterback position. Um, you could call it a wash. You could call, I could see how you might argue it's a wash, but I call it a little bit of a downgrade. And I personally would much rather have, uh, Bateman, even though even though admittedly he has he's struggled here in the in the first month, I'd rather have Bateman than Elijah Moore. So, um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, um, to me, Kirk Cousins is basically great value. Russell Wilson, um, like Russell, they'll both have weeks where they're incredibly impressive because. You know, they're going to throw four touchdowns and probably only throw for like 270 yards, but they're not going to throw any interceptions and, and they'll put up 35 point weeks and great. And then there will be some weeks where, you know, Russ or Kirk will put up, you know, 162 yards and one touchdown and one interception and just, you know, complete a bunch of passes, but that doesn't really matter for us. Uh, and put up, you know, seven point weeks. So 
I feel like they're actually pretty close to the same tier um, in terms of fantasy. So I really don't see that as much as of a downgrade. Um, you know, I, I don't see as much of a downgrade uh, for uh, for Max there. And then Moore and Dotson for Bateman. Uh, I just, like Dotson got a couple touchdowns early and, and Elijah Moore, He's a talented player, but I do think, you know, when you're not talking about like elite, elite players, you kind of have to wonder like, Hey, who's throwing them the football and, and, you know, is Dotson an elite player? I don't think so. Not yet. And you know, that's Carson Wentz, uh, and more, well, we know who's throwing more of the football right now and it's not a good player either. So, uh, yeah, you know, Bateman is a bit of a up and down hit or miss guy. It's, it's a little bit hard to judge him. Uh, right now we just, you need a little more information, uh, from Lamar to, to see what, uh, what his potential is. So I, I think Max did okay here. Uh, I think, I think Jake did okay here too. It's, it looks like to me, this is a trade of taste. Like what do you prefer? Um, and so I, I think, you know, Maxi traded probably the best player, uh, not counting the quarterbacks, uh, in Bateman, but he did get a couple of, you know, I would say flex guys, wide receiver threes, like in that range for probably a, I, what I would say right now is like a, a mid wide receiver two, I think is what Bateman is right now. So I think it's just a, you know, a matter of taste really. Uh, and so I, you know, if I had to pick a winner, I'd probably say Maxi won this, but I just think that the gap between cousins and, and Wilson is, almost non-existent at this stage. So just to be clear, if you were in Max's position, you would have, you would have accepted this trade. Uh, It's tough. It's tough to know because Max has already made a few more trades. I don't know what the roster build was like before uh, or when this trade was made. So I don't know if Russ or Russ, I don't know if Max needed an extra wide receiver um, but if he did fine, I, I just, I wonder if maybe Max could have gotten a little more. That's kind of what I'm wondering. Um, so Pretty I don't, sure I don't know. Have. Yeah. It, a quarterback, you know, needy league like this, there's already a few teams that are out there shopping for, for quarterbacks. Maybe he could have gotten a little more. So Max has to, for me to pull, like for me, I don't trust or like more or Dotson enough to do the trade but Max does and he could be right. Like there's, there's definitely a chance that Max is right on more and Dotson. Um, so would I do it? No, but that's, that's more, again, it's, it's a matter of taste. Fair enough. Well, uh, you know, Jake didn't slow down. He wasn't, he wasn't satisfied with just nope. the one deal. So he waits a few days. He goes out and he makes another move here with Garza. Um, and in this move, Garza acquires, uh, Ramondre Stevenson in exchange for Terry McLaurin and Michael Carter. So what do you make of this deal here? Uh, really like it for Jake. Um, for Garza. I don't, I don't quite get it from Garza's perspective. Um, I like Ramondre. I think he's a good player but he's still in a, a crowded backfield. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Um, and McLaurin is, is a very good player, like just a real, very good real life NFL player and a pretty good fantasy asset. And, you know, Mike and Michael Carter has been flex worthy. Most like, 
how big of a gap is it between Carter and Stevenson? Now I know you have Hall there in, in New York, so that gap might get bigger. But is it Terry McLaurin? I I don't know. I don't I don't think it is. So I, I think Jake actually did pretty well in this trade. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I would I think I would agree with you. I think that the way that we look and obviously we have more data now than they did when they made this deal, but what you're kind of looking at here is is at least at face value Garza gets a running back that has a more stable floor um at least in theory here and the Patriots have been have been looking to Stevenson a little bit a little bit more in the receiving game which helps out a little bit too but he is still sharing carries with Damian Harris Damian Harris is not going anywhere um they're still looking at Damian Harris in the red zone um so but I think the theory, anyhow, is that Stevenson has a more stable floor than Carter. And so in order to get this running back that you view that has a more stable floor, um, you know, you, you you have to give up McLaurin. And so to your point, I would agree with you. I think I would personally rather be on on Jake's side of the of the deal here. Um, right. I'm, but we'll see. I'm going to. I'm going to guess Garza <clears throat> looked at his wide receivers and was like, well, I have, or he would argue, well, I had Cup and Diggs uh, and Cooks and McLaurin, so I could afford to give a wide receiver. And, and I mean, you're not wrong, but basically you replaced McLaurin in your flex with Stevenson because you still have uh, Josh Jacobs and you still had DeAndre Swift slash Jamal Williams. So you had two running backs, two pretty, you know, fantasy relevant running backs already. So you didn't need a running back. Uh, when you made this trade and you didn't need to trade one of your receivers for, you know, just kind of a lateral move. So, and then on top of that, you threw in Michael Carter, who again, we'll see he's hall is slowly taking that job, but Carter is still a, you know, a talented player who, you know, flex appeal, maybe like, I don't, Michael Carter might end up getting dropped. He might not even be part of this conversation in a few weeks, but even just taking him out of it, Stevenson for McLaurin, I'd rather have McLaurin. Uh, so that's just kind of what I think. I I would tend to agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. The next move here is Garza again. <laughs> Garza and, and Brennan. Mm-hmm. And I remember when this trade went down, there was some, some real confusion. Um, Garza acquires... Van Jefferson Van Jefferson in exchange for Andy Dalton. Um, and as we all know, it makes sense for Brennan because he has Jameis. So of course he's going to be interested in Andy Dalton because Jameis has the fractures in his back that he's been dealing with. And before you know it, just a, a week or two after those reports come out, the, the back is costing Jameis game, a game. And who knows, that might extend. Um, that might extend into this week if if not um, and I believe that they've announced that it's not supposed to but but one way or another who knows maybe he aggravates his back and so one way or another this deal makes a ton of sense for Brennan I am of the belief that this doesn't make very much sense to me at all for Garza on account of the fact that I think Jefferson should be in the free agency and I don't think that I don't think that Jefferson can't contribute when he's healthy and able to return to the team. But that's uh, that's going to be a ways down the road. 
And so for the time being, I just don't think that Jefferson is going to, is as much of an impact player to the point that it would warrant rostering him. Now, perhaps you're of the mind that rostering Van Jefferson is a bet against Allen Robinson. Okay. I could see that maybe. Um, But still, nonetheless, the fact remains, we're talking about a player that literally can't give you anything for, for how long? Um, Weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. Weeks. So as far as I'm concerned now, now of course Garza doesn't need Dalton, but that doesn't mean you give him away. And I just feel like I, I, I'm not going to sit here and brush over Brennan's roster, but could you couldn't have asked for more? Because I think you probably could have got more if you would have asked for it. And that's just my thought on this. What do you think? I mean, like, could you have gotten Raheem Mostert or somebody like that? Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because Brennan right now is one in seven. Right. And obviously at the time of this trade, he was, I think he was one in five. So, um, he's struggling right now and, and, you know, he kind of needs to, he has to chase wins a little bit right now. Uh, and the way you don't chase wins in this league is starting one quarterback. Uh, and Winston obviously didn't start last week. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to start this week. So, you know, getting two starts out of the guy, uh, for Brennan is, is good. Even if it is Andy Dalton, it's helpful. Um, and you know, we'll, he'll, we'll see what Andy Dalton can do against this terrible Seahawks defense. Maybe, maybe he surprises us. Um, so yeah, for Brennan, it, it's, it's fun, like totally makes sense. Uh, Garza, I don't have an issue with it. If you really believe in, uh, you know, the Rams passing game and but that that's a little varied, right? It's, it's, it's a banged up Matthew Stafford. I don't think anybody can deny that Matthew Stafford isn't a hundred percent. Uh, it's an offensive line. That's pretty bad to, to be quite honest. Uh, and it's a passing game right now that has established Cooper cup is clearly the number one. Uh, but Higby's the number two, not, not, not a wide receiver, right? It's, it's the tight end. So, um, I just, I don't know. There's something that's not quite clicking with that Rams offense. I think it's mostly the offensive line and Stafford's not quite a hundred percent. So, you know, being heavily invested in the Rams passing game, uh, I know that's a great idea. Um, you know, aside from, from cup, obviously. Um, yeah. And you're not even going to be able to use the guy for at least four weeks. And, and, you know, just looking at, at Garza's team right now, you probably ever going to start, you're never going to start Jefferson over uh cup digs cooks, probably not going to start him over dubs or dubs at this point. And now you had, you know, Jacob Stevenson and Swift, like, what are you going to use with Van Jefferson? Like, I wonder if the I wonder if this is a stretch, okay? But I'm just trying to make sense of this here. I wonder if the theory is that we haven't seen anything from Allen Robinson, and so in the case that something happens to Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, when healthy, is a wide receiver flag or a wide receiver cuff essentially for um, for Van Jefferson is a is a cuff for Cup. But Maybe, I don't you know, think that's – I just don't you know, think that's how this You know works. what it is? Matt, I'll tell you what it is. What is it? What is it? This is Garza doing a favor for a homie, uh, his former football coach, 
and being like, oh man, you're having a rough time. I'm going to help you out. This is collusion. It is unacceptable in this league. And I think we need to hold immediate investigations into this. Um, this has nothing to do with Brennan refusing to acknowledge my correctness about the Supreme Court. That has been buried because I've been proven right. Uh, but I think I think Garza and Brennan both need to be kicked out of the league. This is clearly collusion. All right. It's so obvious. what we're gonna do? We're gonna hire a <laughs> we're gonna hire a, an independent neurologist, and they'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I mean, don't hire the guy. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to make that. Um, <laughs> Anyways, all no, right. It's it's it certainly caused some. Uh, this this trade did certainly cause some. Uh, um, what's the word? It generated more of a reaction on the chat than I ever could have imagined. It would have. So, so well, it's been funny because there's some people who looked at it and they're like, "What just happened? That made zero sense at all." Right. And and I'm kind of more with that camp, if I'm being honest. And then there was a few people who felt like, oh, I can explain it, you know. So, but yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the biggest key here is I think you're right. You do have to factor in like who you're trading with and context matters. And, and I mean that in multiple ways. What's their record? How desperate are they for wins? What do they need? And, uh, and when you factor those things in, it's just hard to imagine that, that Jefferson was the best that, that he could do for a QB cuff that Brennan pretty desperately needed. Clearly he was interested in him. And I'm sure that this was a no brainer when he saw this on the, well, I don't know who offered the deal if I'm being honest, but when, when, if it was Brennan who got this offer from Garza, I'm sure it was the, the biggest no brainer push the button in history. Um, (laughs) Because essentially it's like, let me give you Andy Dalton for nothing. Um, really, I think it's a wonder that Van Jefferson was even on a roster, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I um, mean, like, yeah, you couldn't have even gotten like some fab out of it, too. I, I right. so like, admittedly, again, I, we say this every week. If there's fab involved in any of these trades, I won't know because Sleeper doesn't show me that. Um, there wasn't. On the screen that I'm on. But yeah, you're right. Even if there was fab involved, though, I still don't love it for for Garza. But I mean, but you, but you just you just hate it less. <laughs> it all points to collusion. Uh-huh. Anyhow, um, here we go. Here's a good one. This is the what I wanted to talk about. Um, TJ and Emily made a deal here, and um, look, I can't. I'm not going to go so far as to say that it's the worst deal that we've seen this season because, (laughs) because, you know, because fortunately uh, or unfortunately, depending on who you are, you know, uh, Steven already took the cake there, you know, when he donated (laughs) Mark Andrews, he donated Mark Andrews to uh, hurting Mitchell for, um, you know, for Dallas Goddard, and a Trubisky, who, at the time, we're not saying this with the benefit of hindsight, at the time, it was self-evident that Trubisky's job security was tenuous at best. Here we are, heading into week five, and Trubisky found the bench already. And and now that deal is looking... I, I mean, look, I, I'll say this. Fortunately... Steven oh, feels like Dallas Goddard 
is a modest downgrade from Mark Andrews. So I'm glad that he feels that way. And, um, and we'll see how that continues to age for him. Uh, but this isn't on that level. This isn't on that level. So, okay. so anyhow, okay. so TJ acquires, Oh, let me rephrase that. Um, a hurting TJ, a desperate TJ who was before this trade here before this week was, um, winless acquires a desperately needed upgrade at quarterback in Kirk cousins. And, 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 and in addition, he gets Drake London and, and surely a Millie made him pay for it. Right. He must've right. Right. You'd think so. You, you would, you would think so wrong. Uh, he got Baker Mayfield and Clyde Edwards, you Um, I think everybody already knows pretty well my thoughts on all this. So why don't you enlighten the people on, on your perspective here? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I got to give, I got to give TJ some credit here. He was a real gentleman, you know, he went out and he bought Max dinner before he fucked him. So, uh, you know, it wasn't a hump and dump or anything like that. You know, he bought him some chicken wings, it looks like, and they had a beer and, (laughs) Uh, you know, TJ had to put in a little bit of effort. He had to wine and dine Maxie a little bit, but, uh, at the end of the day, you know, Maxie still, uh, grabbed his ankles like he does every year for TJ. It's always inevitable. Just a matter of how bad it's going to be. Um, you know, in Max's defense, Edward Tiller looks pretty nice as like the number four running back right now, but back to reality here, Kirk Cousins is a lot more valuable to Max than Edward Tiller is because now. Max is right back to the shithole quarterback situation he finds himself, he found himself in. And I know he'll sit here and he'll tell you like, oh, well, that's, in, that's intentional. I'm, I'm doing things differently. Like you're doing things stupidly. I don't know if differently is the right word, but stupidly. Um, but hey, again, Max, you talked about this in the past. You know, TJ always rams you on these trades. At least you got dinner out of this one. So I give you credit for that. I really hope TJ paid for this dinner. Um <laughs> that's a fair because point. i mean yeah like i don't maybe mac did max did you pay tj to fuck you like this god let's hope like, not if you did if you did like that's fine i'm not here to kink shame anybody but tj like, must be a smooth operator i mean we i apparently the rumors are tj is quite the ladies man and max I, I, did you get hustled did you get i mean man i i hope he at least no, I'm not going to make that. I refuse to you, make look, that joke. Look, Max, <laughs> I'm, I'm I think not what he's trying to say is you might, if you paid for this dinner, you might want to be asking TJ for some reimbursement through Venmo is what he's trying to say. You know, just, I hope TJ gave you the common courtesy of a reach around. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, so, but, look, okay. but Max ser- loves, seriously, uh, real fast. Max loves to tell me he can't wait till I'm wrong. So look, that's fine, Max. I'm sure here next week you'll go ahead You'll make a deal for DJ Moore. That way you can have the Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore stack <laughs> and the Baker Mayfield, DJ Moore stack. And I, and I just, I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. I'd love to see this work out for you, but look, TJ's no fool. And, and he knew what he was doing, getting out of the Clyde Edwards, Elaire business, selling high. And the, the biggest key with selling high is that you got to find somebody who, who's willing to, to get exploited in that way was never going to be me. Um, and, and, and how do I know that TJ tried, I'm TJ sure tried. He did, I got the receipts. 
Yeah. He tried to tell me he tried to tell me that uh, that Tom Brady was was washed. And then after I uh, wasn't having any of it, the truth came out. And and of course he doesn't actually think Tom Brady's washed because if he thought that, then he wouldn't. Then why in the hell him. are you trying yeah. to trade for him? Um, so you know, classic. I think that's called negging. You hate to see it. That's all I can say about this deal. You hate to see it, man. You hate to see I, it. And do and you? as and as uh, as probably what was what was likely and intoxicated. But if he wasn't, he was just being he was just being honest in the best way possible. Uh, Garza last year. Uh, dropped it on us last year. What did he say, Amelie? When you traded for Daniel Jones, should have got the Carfax. Should have got the Carfax, my dude. Should have got the Carfax on Baker Mayfield in Carolina. Um, and it and it's self evident that Clyde Edwards Elaire's value right now is being propped up by unsustainable touchdown equity. So best of luck to you, my guy. Right. I I would say this on on the surface, right? Just to give Max some like like some real, like, uh, not shit talk, just like actual, like, uh, analysis here on the surface. The deal in a vacuum is fine, (laughs) but you know, once you add in context, it's, it's, you know, it's what vacuum are you talking about in a vacuum? You can't breathe in. Maybe it's fine in a vacuum. You can't breathe in. In a black hole. All right, that's a vacuum. In, in a space. black hole, this deal makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just again, Edward Solaire. Like, I I think we can all agree he's probably going to slow down. And there's also injury concern with Edward Solaire. London is a guy who's having a, he's off to a nice start, R- rookie wide receiver. Um, but they're not throwing anybody else in that offense. I think I think Brian will back me up on that. Um, so. Yeah, just like there's a non-zero chance that Edwards Hilaire or London finishes the year higher than Edwards Hilaire, like more fantasy points. Uh, And I think we all know Cousins is going to outperform Baker. So yeah, Uh, congrats on the new uh, new career path, Maxi. I'm assuming you're out there celebrating that as well. But, uh, you know, again, you should you should maybe I think what you should do is you should not go on dates with TJ by yourselves anymore. I think you need to wait ever, ever again. Yeah. I, if he calls you, <laughs> what did I tell you? There's a right answer. D's nuts. Click. <laughs> Let's move on to this next deal. Oh boy. That will surely get the, the chat going. <laughs> um, the next, the next, uh, the next deal here, Willie Tinder, Willie Tinder. Let me actually, let me give this man his due respect. The undefeated eight. and oh, Willie Tinder. Mm-hmm. Made a deal here with Brian. He acquires, Lord knows why this happened. He acquires Debo Samuel in exchange for oh, Rashad Penny boy. and Garrett Wilson. Now here's the kicker here. We need, because you need context. Brian, I'm begging you, please, if you hear this, I need you to get into the league chat and I need you to explain your thought process here. And, and I'm not saying that because I'm going to roast you although you deserve it for this move, in my opinion. But uh, you're playing you're playing him this week. So I just, re- I mean, while I'm just confused, you got to think that Debo, now that he has Jimmy G-String back behind center, 
frankly, that's probably better for his fantasy value than having Trey Lance back there. Mm-hmm. And so Debo, as far as I'm concerned, gets a nice little boost these past couple weeks with his quarterback back there behind center. And so for all intents and purposes, he very well may be a low-end a low end wide receiver one. Um, and, and you trade him to your opponent this week for Rashad Penny and Garrett Wilson. And I'm, and Garrett Wilson has kind of fallen off since he started hot the first two or three weeks. He's kind of, or two weeks really. What what was the difference between those first two games and the next two, Hmm. particularly the last one? Right, right. Well, that's the thing, you know, the first kind of two tough to games put your finger the, on it, right? First two games of the season, Joe Flacco was leading the league in pass attempts. And um and I'm not sure if the Jets are leading the league in pass attempts anymore, but but you had to think I looked at the numbers. I, I prorated Joe Flacco after those first two weeks, and he was on pace for the most pass attempts in history. And we all knew that wasn't gonna happen. And um and look, Garrett Wilson is they are looking. They were at least in the first couple of weeks looking to him in the red, the red area of the field. Um, and and when it's all said and done, I do think he's going to be a really nice uh, receiver in in the NFL and for fantasy purposes. Um, but when they reinsert Zach Wilson back there behind center, I am not so sure. Garrett Wilson's still not playing more snaps than Elijah Moore or Corey Davis. Um, you really think that Zach Wilson is going to be able to support three fantasy relevant wide receivers? I think this is going to be an inconsistent mess in the in the the New York Jets receiving core, um, yeah. and and then Penny is going to be is going to be really hit or miss. You know, um, mm. this is not the time to buy Penny, as far as I'm concerned. Coming off of a, a monster game against the most inept run defense in the league in the Detroit Lions and um, hitting multiple home runs, even in the most improbable situations, third and long from the 50-yard line, takes it for, Already, for a tutter. Yeah, you know? Matty's about to not give the Seahawks any credit for anything because his brand but, depends on it. But the, but the bottom line is, is, is Rashad Penny even going to stay healthy? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'd rather have Debo. I but but even yeah. if you but even if you disagree with me, even if you like Rashad Penny, even if you wanted Garrett Wilson, you don't think you could have made this trade next week? Do you think that having Garrett Wilson and Rashad Penny on your roster give you a better chance to beat Willie Tender this week than Debo does? Because I don't know. I haven't looked at your roster. I can't tell you. I can't answer that question. I'm not even trying to insinuate that that it does that it doesn't. I don't know. I'm at, it's a legitimate question, but. In, but in a vacuum, as 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 Kobe like, likes to point out, uh, you, you got to think you'd be better off with Debo. So, what are your thoughts here, Colby? Yeah, uh, I like Rashad uh, Penny. Um, I feel like part of the reason I like Rashad Penny right now in fantasy, though, is because I have Ken Walker. So, if Penny gets hurt, which you know history says he will, uh, I have a backup plan. Brian doesn't really have that. He definitely gave it the best player in the deal. Um, I like Penny. He's definitely a weak winner. Um, and, you know, if he can stay healthy, he will have weeks where he puts up 25, 30 points. Like, it's going to happen because uh, he is a home run hitter. Uh, but he's probably also going to have weeks where he puts up six or seven. He's not much used in the passing game. Like, 
and there's always that looming injury. And then, like you said with Garrett Wilson, it's just is Zach Wilson good enough to keep Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, and Tyler Croft, who's kind of come out of nowhere? Is he good enough to keep all those guys fantasy relevant at the same time? Probably not, which means there's going to be weeks where Wilson's going to do nothing and weeks where Wilson's going to do you know something. Now, Brian traded Wilson, so he never got to use him. But um, still, I, I think you know I look at this and I go, yeah, I'd rather have Debo. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. And, and if like Penny is like the prize coming back for Debo, I'd probably rather just hold on a Debo. And, and, you know, I, I don't think it's as bad as you do because I believe in D or I believe in uh penny a little bit more, but yeah, there's certainly some, some uh, I don't know, weird logic, I guess we'll say. Um, like you couldn't have gotten like Christian Kirk instead of Garrett Wilson. I, I think that would have made this trade a little bit better, but you know, it, it is what it is. Brian wanted uh, some running back help. Uh, he, you know, went out and got it, uh, but it did cost him Debo. And I don't know. I feel like maybe sometimes people get too hung up on positions instead of just players. And there, obviously there's a certain cutoff point where you have to, ma- you have to worry about positions because you have to put out, you know, a legal lineup. I just don't think that, that Brian was in that situation when he made this trade, because I mean, you look at Brian's running backs, you'd mix in and, you know, before he made this trade, he had uh, the Chicago backs. It's a pretty good running back core. Um, so, and he had, you know, he's got pretty good wide receivers right now too. So I, I don't know. I don't feel like he needed to make this trade. Um, it, it did feel like Brian was was trying to buy high on Penny a little bit here. Uh, and but it's just weird because it's not like he sold lo- or he sold he's he sold Debo like like he wasn't playing well. And that's, that's not true. Debo's playing pretty well. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird decision from Brian. I'd like to hear what he thinks about it. Uh, Willie definitely got the better end of this trade in my opinion. Um, so we'll see how it works. I, I think Penny, you know, again, a Penny pit plays 17 games, uh, which uh, we'll see, but if he does, I think he's going to run for 12, 1300 yards. So I, I don't think it's like, you know, completely out of the question that that penny is a a great running back this year just you do have to factor in injuries and and stuff like that when you're when you're talking about trading for for a guy with penny's uh track record and i I don't feel like brian properly protected himself in this deal so so what i'm hearing you say is is brian we really need you to clear things up for us so please get in the league chat and write us a nice little paragraph and this totally has nothing to do with you coming in and blowing my offer for Rashad Penny out of the water, oh, which I'm geez. fine with because I was never going to match that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I could if I wanted to. So, um, well, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear from Brian. Like I said, I, I think, I think you could, I think Brian can probably rationalize it better than we can. Whether or not we would agree with it, I, I don't know, but I'd, I'd like to hear from Brian. All right, moving on. We got two deals left. Ooh. So, all right, let's do this. So, the next deal is interesting. This next deal is Willie Tinder again. He's not done, makes another move, this time with Jake Smith. And in this move, Willie Tinder, uh, he acquires Mike Jasicki and AJ Dillon in exchange for Cam Akers and Pat Fryermuth. So, yep. what do you think here? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Acres is kind of the wild card here. 
uh, Giusecki, I feel like we know what he is. And a one tight end league, he's fringe rosterable uh, at this stage. Some upside, but uh, he's probably not seen the last of the waiver wire. Let's just be honest about that. Uh, so really, it's it's Dylan for Fryermuth and Akers. Akers has been so inconsistent this year, and his usage has been so inconsistent this year. Fryermuth is a guy who really helps Jake, though, because Jake had you know huge tight end needs um, when he made this trade. Uh, so I, I think I, I get it. You know, Dylan, I, I do wonder if maybe this is just Jake being like, Hey, it's, it's Dylan for Fryermuth, And then, yeah, I'll take a shot on acres. Why not? Right. So I, I think that's what this trade was more about. And you kind of look at Jake's team, um, you know, after, after the, the fact, and he'd made another trade after this, so <laughs> it's not going to be exactly lined up, but uh, you kind of look at what he had at the running back position uh, when he made the trade. It, it it made sense for him to maybe move on from Dylan, who's been okay, but not great, uh, and get, you know, a huge upgrade at tight end and, and potentially, you know, a, a, a running back who could help him. It's not out of the question that Cam Akers is, you know, valuable down the stretch. It's just, it's been a rough go for, for Cam Akers owners. So I, I think the deal is at the end of the day, it's Fryermuth uh for Dylan and then it's Acres for Jacecki and I think both those ends are are fine I would just probably rather take the shot on Jake's end but it's close it's it's an interesting trade so I completely agree with everything you said I think you nailed it on this one you know Jake did need a tight end Fryermuth solves that that issue for him and and as it stands right now you're right Jacecki unfortunately I, I love Mike Jasicki as a player. And if he was in a different situation, then um, then he might be fantasy viable. Unfortunately, he's he's just not. You know, uh, Miami, they don't want they don't want Jasicki to do even what he did last year. They they're not asking him to do that. They've got Tyreek Hill, they've got Jalen Waddell. And so um, you know, I think that he's borderline roster or uh, rosterable maybe a nice a nice tight end bench stash bench stash in in case of desperation um so if you have to choose between gambling on Jasicki or acres you're going to choose acres um so i think i think jake uh he came out of this deal uh well i think he did well here um yep and um and obviously AJ Dillon is nice, but I guess my perspective here is just that there's two fantasy viable pieces for really what I perceive as one. And I don't think that AJ Dillon is substantially more valuable in the grand scheme of things than Akers and Fryermuth. Um, although I like Dillon, but but I just know that Fryermuth really solves an issue for Jake, and so I think this makes a lot more sense for for Jake. Um and the final deal that we have to discuss before we dive into waivers is another one with Jake. And surprise, surprise, Brian's back at it again. Brian acquires Terry McLaurin, who just got traded to Jake's team. <laughs> Terry McLaurin and Deontay Johnson go to Brian's team in exchange for David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and Garrett Wilson. Um, and 20 Fab. And, and 20 Fab. Okay, I'm glad that you but had that we, piece because I didn't have that piece. 
we we shouldn't overlook the one fab that Jake also got uh, in the Dylan trade. So just, I mean, whew. Jake so is just, you know, <laughs> I um, collecting that money. When I, when I, I mean, look, this is a tough one to evaluate just from the perspective of if it makes me wonder like, okay, so Brian makes this deal. He gets these receivers. He sheds the bears running backs. So I'm actually going to pull up his team right now just because I'm curious. So, okay. So now he's leaning on Rashad Penny as his RB two. It looks like, um, and I'm not seeing a whole lot else in the way of running backs here for Brian. So the way that I see it is he, this is just my perspective here. He's sort of resolving the, the depth that he lost in, in, in trading out. Well, the piece that he lost really in getting rid of Debo, you know, he gets rid of Debo and now he's like, well, shit, my receivers are, are weak. And, and so he has to sacrifice uh, he has to sacrifice the Chicago running backs to get some some more depth and some more pieces at receiver. Um, and, and I like the, the players that he got fine. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of, of seeing him uh, seeing him lean on Penny like that. I'm, I'm feeling like that's it's a little risky for my for my taste. but um, let's take a look at what, Jake's roster is looking like now that he's acquired the Chicago running game. Um, and Jake had the Jake had the the pieces to give here in order to at receiver in order to make this this move. Interesting. It's a um, yeah, it's interesting. I think that um, I th- I think that this is a deal that I don't know that I would have made if I were either one of these guys. That's my, that's just my opinion. I don't know that this trade really made a tremendous amount of sense for either one of them. In my opinion, I think I would have maybe rather held on to my guys that I had. What do you think? Yeah. Um, certainly interesting uh because i it's it's fine i think if i'm jake i'm hoping montgomery's out for a long time because herbert's just better than than david montgomery um wilson again we talked we've talked about wilson a lot i think he's been traded three times now this year um so uh yeah it's the same problem with wilson that we talked about in the past so i don't really think that's uh, I don't think that that is something we need to go over. I, McLaurin for the Bears running game and, and Johnson too. Um, again, we'll see what Johnson looks like with the new quarterback. He has not been good so far. He's been a disappointment. Uh, McLaurin, little more hit or miss. Uh, this year, it, a lot of that is is just Carson Wentz, right? Like we know McLaurin is a good player. Um, it's just we know Carson Wentz isn't so so uh, he he can you know he can sink you uh, even really good players he can sink so um, you know first three weeks McLaurin was was fine uh, last week he was really bad and and the targets haven't been great the receptions haven't been great um, 
McLaurin's an interesting player. I think, I think, you know, if I'm having to pick a side here, I'm probably taking Jake's side. Uh, I like McLaurin and Johnson. I think they're good players. I think Montgomery's okay. I don't think he's a great player. I think Herbert's a good player, but he's the backup. And then Wilson, again, I think he's a good player. I just, I don't like his situation at all. So I think, you know, Brian fills out his starting lineup and he probably feels pretty good about his, his starting lineup. And then, you know, not a lot of depth. He's playing a couple guys short on everybody else right now, even, but he does have fab. Uh, so if something breaks, he can, he can go do that. Um, and then Jake, you know, so it's, it's been a lot of moving pieces for Jake this week. Um, but now he's got Allen and Wilson as his quarterbacks. He's still got, uh, you know, James Robinson and, and whichever bear is healthy, uh, doing his thing there. And then it, it's, you know, the wide receivers are, uh, they're a bit hit or miss, but he fixed his tight end, uh, position as well. Uh, so yeah, Jake, I think is, you know, kind of made over his team in the last week. And I think he did a pretty good job and, and Brian's done the same. And, you know, Brian might have the startest, uh, the deepest starting lineup, not a lot behind the lineup. So a couple injuries here could really knock Brian for, uh, you know, for a loop. And, and I, I think he's, I think this trade is fine. Uh, I, I don't have any issues with it. I just, I think, you know, if I had to pick a side, I'm probably picking Jake, uh, just because the the situations surrounding McLaurin and Johnson are uh, questionable, let's say. Sure. I just feel like you look at what these guys gave up in these deals, and now I'm kind of feeling like you kind of need what you gave up, you know? So, like, Brian gives up the Chicago running game. You'd feel a little bit nicer about his his situation there at running back if if he had those guys. And, yeah. um, and meanwhile, Jake gives up McLaurin and Deontay Johnson and, and you look at what he's rolling out there at receiver and you're kind of like, kind of like what you'd have a little bit more if you would have had McLaurin and Deontay. So I yeah, did, did either team get better with this trade? That's what I kind of wonder about is like, I just don't know that if I was either one of these guys, this is like the rare trade that I'm kind of like, I don't really know what. I don't really know that I would have wanted to press the button if I was either one of these guys. But hey, you know what? That's the thing about fantasy football. Would you look at that? Another deal. <laughs> Live on yeah. the air. Tyler Conklin gets traded to Brian for 8-fab. Okay. <laughs> That's that. That's that right there. Oh, another yeah. one. I'll be damned. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. To a very desperate Stephen Woods in exchange for Tyler Higby. Okay. <sighs> well, look, man. I mean, look, it, it makes sense. We, Without even looking at Stephen's team, we know that he has Goddard. So, so he can afford to give up Higby. He desperately needs a QB. Brissett's the guy in Cleveland until... Um, until Deshaun Watson gets back, which is way later on in the year. So now it's just a waiting game for Steven on Dak. And yep. um, and the thing, though, is is that Higby is a target monster. And um, This year, yeah. Yeah, so far this year, he's been a target monster. And as a matter of fact, um, I'm all but positive he leads all tight ends and targets on the year. And if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have told you, I think this is a little bit of a mirage. 
eventually Allen Robinson's going to have to emerge. But here we are, and it's a month into the season, and I don't think so. I think this is going to this is this is shaping up right now, at least as far as targets are concerned, to be a career year for Tyler Higby, and um, and so, you know. But I I get this trade. I understand it. It's not it's not pretty. If you're Steven, you're not excited about well, I, well actually, I don't, I don't know what Steven's excited about. I'll let him speak for himself actually, but. You're, you're probably not stoked about Jacoby Brissett, if we're being honest. He's fine. He's been pretty decent. He's okay. He's not going to blow you away. He's going to contribute something. Um, and so, you know, this is one of those situations almost where, you know, uh, Steven was kind of had no choice almost, you know, because if you're in his shoes, you have to find somebody who's willing to move a quarterback. And that's really difficult to pull off. And yeah, it's going to cost you something. So, um, you know, and Steven's, Steven's all in on Goddard. So if you're not going to change your mind on Goddard or you're not going to trade Goddard, and at this point you probably should get more for Higby than Goddard, if we're being honest. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense for sure. Um, that's that's tough. It's tough, but that trade actually makes this is the opposite of the trade we were just talking about with um uh with with Jake and, and Brian. This deal makes a ton of sense for both of these guys. Um the question I have now though is is okay, so Garza moves Brissett, so that leaves him with with Ryan Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo and who's the other one? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, okay. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Yeah, Steven actually looks like he actually had a process here. I'm, I'm happy for him. Proud of him. Brings a tear to a grown man's eye. <laughs> you go, buddy. Good job. I mean, look, it sucks to move on from Higby. He's been really nice. But QB, when you're in Steven's shoes, you know, you're taking these hits at quarterback. You're trying to endure the loss of Dak. Um He's he's hanging in there, he's fighting, and yeah. and then meanwhile the fact that Garza knew he had this on deck, he you know Brian can go cash in eight fab for Conklin, that's kind of yep. nice. That's kind of a nice now little it's kind of a nice little deal there for yeah. for Brian. Now he's tight got end a, yeah he's got a safe tight end, low end tight end one, and you can hope that Kyle Pitts can uh, you know figure his stuff out. So. Uh, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Garza does with his three tight ends. I, I doubt he plans to start all of them, but, you know, he's got three now, and somebody's going to need a tight end at some point. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, all the trades, uh, all, well, both of those trades made a lot of sense for everybody involved. So, uh, good to see. Good work, guys. There you go. There you go, guys. So, man, whew, the nine trades right there. And now all we got left is waivers. And if I'm being honest, I'm pretty sure that we all know what is coming here. So I guess what we'll do is really, there's only, there's only, there's only really two moves. I think that are, that are like very worth talking about. Um, And that's obviously what's going on in the Denver backfield and, and sort of the, the, waves 
after Javante officially is placed on season-ending IR with a torn ACL and LCL. Um, so we've got Latavius Murray coming over to Denver uh, from the Saints practice squad on the heels of a uh, nice little, what, 10-carry performance. Um, 11 carries, my bad. 57 yards and a tutter. Uh, and then they revert. He, they, the the Saints revert him back to the practice squad. Denver signs him. So you've got Latavius Murray, and you've got and you've got Mike Boone. Okay, and in our league, anyhow, um, the way that Fab bidding went this week, um, waiver wire Wednesday, we saw Latavius Murray go to to uh, the bot Isaiah for twenty two bucks. And, um, and then I threw everything that I had left at Mike Boone. So what the people want to hear from you right now, Colby, is they really just want your take on the situation, the post Javante Denver Broncos backfield. How do we expect this to shake out? And what do we think about these fab, these fab, um, bids this week? specifically as it pertains to the Denver Broncos running backs. And um, and then also they want you to speak on what you perceive to be the ineptitude of Matty G. So I'll give you the floor now. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the Denver backfield, I, you know, we all know it's going to be Melvin Gordon is just kind of going to be the guy. Uh, now, Gordon has had fumbling issues this year, which – you know, as a, a quick way to, to find your way to the bench. Uh, so he'll be the guy though. He'll get first crack at it at the very least. And then, you know, it's interesting Latavius. Um, there's a reason nobody signed him and he had to take a practice squad position. Um, he's still okay. He's not a bad player by any stretch, but he's not very good. And, and I feel the same about Boone. If I had to pick two, between Boone and Latavius, just like who I think might be more fantasy valuable, I would actually probably pick Mike Boone over Murray, uh, which is interesting because the way I bid, it was the opposite, but I'll just, you know, since I didn't get him, I can just say it. Uh, I thought Latavius Murray had more perceived value in the league. And so I would have tried to trade him uh, instead of, you know, keep him. Uh, You know, Boone, I think is probably the guy who's most likely to be like the number two behind Gordon. Uh, And I think he'll probably get first crack uh, if Gordon, you know, has some fumbling issues again. So uh, I put in bids on both. I was more aggressive on Murray, almost got Murray, obviously never had a shot on Boone. Uh, But I think that those bids for me were more about perceived value than how I actually valued them. Uh, So uh, I I don't have an issue with, with, you know, bidding relatively big on Boone. I, again, I don't think either Boone or Murray are good or great players. Uh, I think they're okay. And obviously at some point they're likely both going to get opportunity um, but Boone gets first crack. And if he plays really well tonight, uh, you know, Murray might never find his footing. Uh, so that, that's something that you have to keep in mind. Um, so yeah, again, like in the order of how I wanted them, I would want Boone over Murray, but I bid the opposite because I would have traded Latavius Murray. Uh, and I don't know, maybe Isaiah will too, or Isaiah can, can keep him and see if, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and he can, he can start him there. So I, again, 94 is a bit aggressive, um, but you weren't the only one that went super aggressive on him. Brian threw down 60, I think. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, we'll see. Five five teams put bids on the guy. Uh, so you weren't the only one thinking that way. But uh, yeah, Brian put out $61. Um, so it's it's interesting because, you know, from that perspective, because I, I look at, you know, Brian was only willing to do $21 on Murray, but he was willing to do 61 on Boone. So it feels like Brian probably agrees too. So yeah, uh, again, I think, I think 90, what, 94, whatever you spent, I think that's probably a bit aggressive. Uh, oh, but, it is aggressive. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you it's aggressive. I, I already laid all this out. It was an yeah, overbid I mean, for sure, but that was the point. That was the whole point. The way I see it is, you know, is there going to be another running back that tears his ACL goes out for the year and there's going to be a waiver pickup that is the, that gets elevated on the depth chart, at least ostensibly to the second seat, you know? So what? So Mel, so now Mike Boone is one season ending injury away from being the starting running back for the Denver Broncos, at least in theory. So if, so if that's true, is there going to be another situation like that for the rest of the season? I don't know. But what I do know is, is I'd like to, I'd like to add another useful running back to my roster. So I don't really know. I don't, I don't necessarily anticipate another situation like that arising. And I think, let me just, let me just lay one piece of, of logic out here real quick. I think a lot of people like to think, at least what I gathered from what I, what people were trying to teach me the other day on the, uh, on the league chat was that people feel like it's better to have fab later in the year. It's not. And the reason that it's not is you have to think about, I think about it from this perspective and it's kind of counterintuitive. Okay. If let's just, let me take you back. Cause I don't want to use me as an example. Let's use, let's use Scott as an example. A couple years back, Scott picked up Philip Lindsay, his rookie year when he broke out and also Austin Eckler in the same week one waiver run for all of his fab. It was all gone in one in one run. Okay. And you think to yourself, wow, that's crazy, right? Okay, but both of those guys hit. And so you think to yourself, from week two to the end of the season, did those guys provide Scott that season with $100 worth of value in terms of fab? Not only did did they provide that, they provided substantially more than that. So really, if you can get a player of consequence earlier on in the season, then they're going to provide you more value over the course of the season than if you pick somebody up week 12, for example. Um, that being said, is it nice to have the flexibility for trades or, or in the case of emergency or if you want to call it insurance? Sure, right? But I'm just saying that it's going to be case by case dependent. And um, now with that being said, I'll give you just a my, my quick two cents on, on what's going down here in Denver. I think the one thing that we do need to factor in here, because there is a, there is absolutely a chance that Mike Boone doesn't warrant this, this bid whatsoever. And I, and I'll acknowledge that. Um, I've played, I've been playing fantasy football for I think 18 years now. One thing that I've learned in the last 18 years is that the only thing that will get you off of the field as a running back 
faster than fumbling is poor pass blocking. And apparently, pass blocking is something that Mike Boone doesn't excel in. That's a problem. And and so we'll see what happens. You know, that's that's all I can say about that is we'll see what happens. Um, but at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, as you said, and as I've already explained on the league chat, Latavius Murray is 32 years old, coming off of a, the Saints practice squad. Is there a universe that exists where something happens, with, for example, to Gordon and then Latavius Murray starts a couple games for the Broncos? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Sure. I can see it. Um, I would rather, I would just rather gamble on the upside of Mike Boone and, and not, and this doesn't mean anything. And I will acknowledge that it doesn't mean anything. As far as I could tell in Mike Boone's career, the guy is 27 years old. He's on his fifth season in the NFL. Um, and excuse me, he has started as far as I could tell one game ever. It was in 2019 at the end of the season for the Minnesota Vikings. He took 17 carries for 148 yards and a touchdown against the Bears. That I understand that doesn't mean anything. That was years ago. Uh, to me, it's just kind of reassuring to know that he has carried the mail before. Now, it was one game, I understand, it was one game, um, but I, don't, I haven't seen anybody else in the, in the industry saying anything like that uh, this week leading into waivers or leading into Thursday Night Football tonight. Um, I don't know, I'm just kind of intrigued by Mike Boone, and I view Latavius as, as kind of old and stale and boring and dusty, and so that's why, that's why I... Uh, that's why I went after Boone. Yeah, makes sense. So, anyhow, all right. Well, with that being said, is there any other waiver pickups or anything anything else you wanted to address before we wrap things up here? No, I think that's probably about it. You know, nine trades and somebody spending 94 fab typically is a full show. So, I'm okay right. calling that a full show. Right, and once we... Uh, surely once we hang up here um somebody's gonna pull the trigger on another deal but i'm trying matt okay i'm trying <laughs> but we did the you best have to that let we me could. get there you can't rush me we did the best that we could we we I'm covered not... some trades live we cl- we covered more than we even thought we were going to and surprisingly uh, surprisingly like... colby colby didn't flame me as badly as i thought he was going to for my for my waiver ad, but I guess we can leave that to some of the, we'll leave that to, to, you know, Fisher price and, and a Millie, those guys can, can do their best, but you know, I think, Oh, that don't worry. I, I just have to save my, uh, my jabs for your moronic hatred of, of the Seahawks and Geno Smith. <laughs> so I got to pick my spots here and there. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, that will do it for the heading into week five edition of the podcast. So for Colby Patnode, this is Matty G signing off and reminding you to fade Matty G. He knows things. <laughs>